Welcome to Easier Movement, Happier Horses. I'm Mary DeBono, your movement and mindset coach. If you'd like to have flexible, balanced movement, a relaxed, confident mindset, and a joyful connection with your horse, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share what I've learned over the past 30 years of helping improve the performance and partnership of horses and their humans. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive in. Did you know that improving your flexibility, strength, balance, and even confidence requires not willpower, but learning? And here's the best part. It can be easy and fun to become a better learner. Yes, you can learn how to learn. And that, my friend, can help you become a better horsewoman. Hello, my name is Mary DeBono, and welcome to this episode of Easier Movement, Happier Horses. It's the podcast your horse wants you to listen to. We talked about um, in the last episode, it was episode number 10, and it was called Why Riders Can't Use Muscle Memory. And we learned that it's not your muscles, but your nervous system that controls how you move. It even controls how you think and feel. Okay, it's like the CEO, it calls the shots. So your nervous system includes your brain and your spinal cord, and then all the nerves that branch out from the spinal cord into every part of your body. So now that you know what the nervous system includes, let's talk about how you can harness the incredible power of the nervous system to help you improve in whatever you want to do better. So whether it's riding, rowing, running, learning French, whatever it is, it's your nervous system that's going to do the improving, that's going to do the learning, okay? So just how can you become a better learner? Well, one really great way is to make more mistakes, okay? That's how we learn. Making mistakes is an essential part of the learning process. Now, hold on, before you roll your eyes and think, but Mary, I already know how to mess up. I do it all the time, right? It hasn't helped me become more flexible, balanced, or more confident. In fact, quite the opposite. But hold your horses for a minute. What's really important is how you make mistakes, okay? Not just making mistakes, but the process, okay? How you, even how you react to making a mistake. That's what determines whether it'll be a positive experience or a negative one, whether you'll learn what you want to learn or learn something that becomes a negative for you, okay? So let's think about a young child learning how to walk. Let's call her Matilda, okay? So Matilda stands up, she falls down, she gets back up again, she takes a few stumbly steps, right? Falls down, gets up, you know the rest of the story. It happens over and over. And eventually Matilda learns to walk. Okay. Everyone thinks it's absolutely adorable. Okay. Watching this process. And Matilda never judges herself, right? She falls down. She gets back up. Maybe she cries. Maybe she gets a little bit frustrated, but she's not really judging herself like, oh, I'll never be able to do this right. Now let's fast forward many years. Matilda is now in her late forties. And she's decided to take riding back up. She hasn't ridden in a long time, but she wants to start riding again. And she wants to do it really well. She judges herself a lot. She's hard on herself. She wants to be perfect. 
So when her instructor is telling her things and she can't quite follow, can't quite get her body to do what the instructor wants her to do, she gets anxious. And again, she's judgmental, right? All of this just serves to create more tension, emotional tension, physical tension, restricts her breathing. But the thing is, Matilda doesn't even realize the physical and emotional tension she's creating because it's become so familiar to her. It's like a state she kind of lives in quite a lot. So, but that, that what it's doing though, is it's, it's dampening the learning process, making it harder for her to ride well, harder for her to learn how to be a better horsewoman. Okay. Or anything else she wanted to learn how to do. So this is a common problem that we see. Now, when she was a young child, on the other hand, right, she made, you know, she fell down, she got up and her brain learned from that right? It, it was, it's, you know, the, the nervous system, especially at a young age is extremely plastic. It's very malleable, right? It, it adapts, it adjusts, it, you know, it takes in this new information. So each so-called failure to walk, right, is just feedback for the nervous system. Okay, it's not a judgment. It's not a criticism about Matilda took so many you know, tries before she actually became a real walker, right? It's not that way. So, you know, the the learning process that's built into us is so impressive. And even when we've, you know, quite a few years have passed, maybe we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s, we can still learn, we can still harness that incredible power of our nervous systems to learn, okay? So it's how we go about doing it. So back to Matilda, she's hard on herself. She wants to get everything perfectly. So she's kind of locked in this vicious cycle. The harder she tries, the harder it becomes. What she's denying herself, and many of you might be denying yourself, is the opportunity to make mistakes and to make mistakes without judgment, okay? So we have to recognize they're an essential part of learning. Feedback for the nervous system. Mistakes tell your brain what to focus on. Okay. So be willing to make mistakes and you'll improve faster. Now, bear in mind that making mistakes is not the same as doing something carelessly, being sloppy about it, just like trying this and that and, you know, and and just doing things willy nilly. Okay. That's not the kind of mistakes we're talking about. And as a a matter of fact, I don't even use the term normally mistakes or errors. In the Feldenkrais world, the, and the Feldenkrais method is the work that, that I do, we don't call them mistakes or errors, but approximations, okay? And so just using that term can maybe change your attitude towards it. So they're like you're doing little experiments. You're trying little changes, little variations in how you do something, right? So they're approximations. And again, that's essential for learning. So your your nervous system gets feedback. But what's important is how you pay attention to the to the feeling that each approximation, you know, results in. So you might, you know, turn your leg out a little bit when you're doing a movement on your horse, you might, you know, turn your shoulder a little bit, you might breathe differently, you might hold your hands slightly differently. All these things are approximations, they're gentle changes. And then you have to pay attention 
to the results you get to the feelings that come up the the physical results of them. Okay, that is the feedback that your nervous system needs. So then it can decide, oh, okay, that worked. Mm, That one didn't work quite so well. Okay, let's try something a bit different. Okay, just like learning how to walk. Every time you fell down, your nervous system said, oops, okay, let's try it a little differently next time, okay? And it kept exploring and learning in a, in a in very curious, right, motivated way, okay? So pay attention to what you're sensing, okay? It's not just about trying things all over the place. It's about really honing in, really being mindful about what you're doing, So make subtle little changes. And then what's really key is to approach all this with a sense of playful curiosity, okay? Because remember this, your nervous system's first job is to keep you safe. If you're anxious, your nervous system is going to sense danger. It's not going to worry about the the fact that you want to memorize this dressage test or learn French or or some other learning, right? It's going to say, oh my gosh, there's imminent danger. We have to, you know, do things to keep you safe. That's what it'll prioritize. It won't prioritize what you want to learn. So again, that feeling of anxiety gets in the way of learning. So if you have a playful, curious attitude, you know, a nice, calm, relaxed focus, that's a wonderful state to be in. So you're alert enough, but you're not anxious. Okay, very, very important. Very important. Okay. Another thing to to remember is if you think of just making small incremental improvements, and then you reward yourself at each step. That's another key thing. Okay. And then a third key thing is, Ask yourself why you want to learn. So, so whatever it is you want to improve, whether it's flexibility, balance, strength, confidence, um, again, going back to the French example, or you want to learn how to cook or whatever it is, whatever skill it is, ask yourself why you want to learn this. Why do you want to learn it? Why do you want to move in an easier, healthier way? Is it so that you can still ride when you're in your 90s? You can still go hiking? Um, You know, maybe you want to be able to to ride a cross-country course or go out and trail rides with your friends in a safe, relaxed way. But find out why. And I'll tell you why this is so important. It's I, I find this is such a cool thing that that our bodies do. But your nervous system literally prioritizes learning that you have deemed important. When you say, this is, I'm passionate about this, like you you bring up those feelings, right? You bring up these feelings of, I really want to do that, right? And then all what's happening behind the scenes is all these chemicals are being released in response to these feelings you have. So, when you feel like you have a strong why, you know, you have a strong desire to learn something, that actually improves your ability to learn it. I mean, how cool is that, right? So think about this. Why would the body do that? Well, if you think about the, you know, your, your nervous system, again, is tasked with keeping you safe. And if you think about evolution, there's an evolutionary advantage to prioritizing things that you really need or want. So say, for example, your situation changes suddenly. And so suddenly you have to 
find your own food. Like you have to actually literally find a new food source. Maybe you have to, you know, learn how to um, gather food in the wild or something like that. Some crazy thing like that, right? You're literally dependent. Your life literally depends on learning that skill. So your body is going to prioritize that. Your nervous system is going to say, okay, this is really important. I've really got to help her learn how to do this so that she can survive. So obviously it's your one thing. Your nervous system is you, right? You want to survive, right? So that's important. So when you really get in touch with why you want to learn something, right? It brings up those feelings which produce certain chemical reactions in your body, which then accelerate your learning. I don't know. I just find that so exciting. So remember that. Think about why you want to to learn something. If there's something you're not really interested in, but you like you either quote unquote have to learn it for maybe school or something, or you think you should learn it, you know, it'll probably be a little, it's going to be a little tougher for you to learn. But when there's something like you're really fascinated, you know, with, then that's going to be easier for you. So really nurturing this desire in you can can produce massive improvements. Okay, so think about your why. Remind yourself why you want to improve in this area, and think about the benefits that will bring to your life. Okay, that's very very helpful for you in improving whatever skill it is you want to improve. Okay, so here's another another big tip. Learn to attach pleasure to making mistakes. Yeah, you heard that right. So you've probably heard of the neurotransmitter dopamine. Okay. Dopamine is often associated with feelings of pleasure, with um, expecting rewards, things like that. Okay. The accomplishment of a goal. We talk about dopamine quite a lot, right? It's also a molecule of motivation. So what's less known, though, is that dopamine plays a big role in your ability to learn. So we know we've already talked about how powerful it is to make mistakes at mistakes or approximations, as we prefer to call them, right? It helps your brain learn what to focus on, how to make adjustments, right? Your nervous system. So now if you combine pleasure, in other words, feeling good about making mistakes, wow, do you get a synergistic effect from that. And so now you guys, you you know that making, you know, approximations is important for you. So now you can attach that feeling of pleasure, like, wow, I made another step, right? I felt like, like the child, oh, I fell down again, yay me, right? <laughs> right? When you attach feelings of pleasure, to the approximation makes it incredibly powerful for learning. So it just, so, so here's a good example. You might have heard this story. People talk about it a lot. Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb, he supposedly had a thousand mistakes, quote unquote, or a thousand failures before he actually came on the exact, you know, mechanism to, to create this light bulb. So people have said to him, um, well, how did you feel? Didn't you feel terrible that you know, it took you a thousand times before you you created a, a working, uh, you know, light bulb? And he said, no. He said, I, now I now know a thousand ways to not make a light bulb. You know, <laughs> so he had a very positive spin on that. You know, we call that reframing. You know, he took those so called failures and just made them little stepping stones. 
So you can do the same thing. You can change how you feel about, you know, so-called failures, so-called errors or mistakes, or as we prefer to say, approximations, right? Attach pleasure to that. And man, you will improve faster and faster. Okay. So the other thing is remind, you know, remember to, to reward yourself for any little tiny improvement, any step in the right direction. Okay. Like just mentally pat yourself on the back, you know, yay me, whatever you want to say, or, or some other reward, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But just for example, so say you, you decided I'm going to improve my movement, my flexibility, my balance, my confidence. I'm going to do some of those, um, Feldenkrais lessons that Mary DeBono has on, on, on YouTube or, or the free rider masterclass, whatever it is. And just say you go, you sit in a chair, you start to do it. Give yourself a pat on the back just for that. Okay, seriously, start to get that dopamine flowing. Start to build that sensation that you're on the right path, right? That is a way that your brain knows this is the right next step. Okay, and then you can build on that. So again, reward every tiny incremental improvement, okay, every step along the way. And, you know, keep thinking about, like, imagine yourself getting better and better at each step, okay, every step you're imagining, you're, you're actually seeing yourself in the future as this improved horsewoman or, or, or whatever it is that you're looking to, to create, right, to, to become, right? So, start to create this virtuous cycle, okay? It's like a reward system that your body has, you know, in a very clever way has designed this, okay? So again, remember why you want to improve. Reward yourself for every little improvement and then embrace this feeling of exploration and curiosity, right? Make approximations. Congratulate yourself for making approximations. So, Again, take note of why you want to improve whatever it is you're working to get better at, okay? Think about, you know, running, hiking, riding well into your 90s, being happy, healthy, and active, having flexible joints, you know, really great balance, confidence, and just feeling so much joy. Just have that image and it will serve you well. So remember, when you embrace curiosity and pleasure, you can easily increase your flexibility, your balance, your strength, and your confidence. And you'll have so much fun doing it too. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, and before we go, let me just tell you, um, we're releasing this the week of like the 24th of June, if you're listening to it in real time, 2021. And... I want to say my uh, enrollment for easy flexibility and powerful confidence for horsewomen. It's a group coaching program. It's a really super, super great deal because this is the inaugural launch. So I'm opening it only to a very small group. There's only a couple of spots left and it, that will close down on the on June 27th, 2021. So if you want to get in, go to marydebono.com forward slash powerful. You get all the details there. marydebono.com forward slash powerful. Okay. And it'll all be in the show notes. Okay. So, so if you can't, if you don't remember that, right, maybe you're driving when you're listening to this, 
go to the show notes and the link will be there for you. So thank you again for being here. I so love sharing this information with you. And I'm excited to talk to you again. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Easier Movement, Happier Horses. Remember to grab your free video masterclass for riders at marydebono.com forward slash rider. You'll get three easy, effective exercises to improve your back, hips, position, and posture. People love these videos. It's important for riders and non-riders alike. I'm Mary DeBono. Go have fun with your horses. Bye for now.